PC Perspectives coverage of CES 2015 is brought to you by Logitech. See the latest gaming peripherals at gaming.logitech.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is CES 2015, day two of the Cleaning Lady Podcast. I'm Cleaning Lady Ryan Shrout. I'm Cleaning Lady uh, Matilda Maria San Jose Jalisco. Josh Walworth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do you got, Alan? Uh, I'm Alan Momentano. Oh, good. Ken? Ken. Okay. Well, this is going swimmingly. You guys are on top of your comedy game. Um, so it's day two. We, we already posted one podcast. We had a lot of stuff yesterday. Today was more of a kind of press conference day, if you will. We still had some other individual meetings, but uh, we're going to go ahead. I don't think we have anything that's kind of under embargo anymore, so we don't have to be careful about what we discuss. Hopefully not. Uh, so I'm going to kind of go down the line of what we saw today. Uh, which basically starts us at the ASUS press conference, which um, combines your consumer electronics side of things, your phones, your tablets, your laptops, your phones. Did I say phones already? Uh, and then they did. They announced a, quite a few, I guess, at least a handful of kind of desktop consumer Republic of Gamers branded things, but they didn't really talk about it at the, at the press conference. No, but I, I, I did mistake an R for an A. Yeah. Repeatedly. The font of the ROG font mixes RNA a little bit. I saw what you were seeing there, but yeah. uh, when we looked at the other documentation. So um, I'll start with the consumer electronics side of things. So the they announced, like, uh, I don't know, the the uh, Zenfone 2. They announced... Um, Zenfone Zoom. Zenfone Zoom. It has the various optical zoom. We're not really interested in that as much. Um, they did announce uh, the Transform Transformer Book Chi. Yeah. Chi. In both... In, in three sizes, like... But T three hundred, T one hundred, and thirteen ten and nine inch, well, right? I guess. I think it's what it was. I didn't think it went. Up. Yeah, it's thirteen. I guess. Yeah. And these are all Core M based devices. No, no, that's not true. The thirteen is Core M. Yes. The ten and the nine are Atom. Cherry Tro, I think. Probably. I think. I think so. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 thirteen inch is the most interesting. So it's a it's a convertible. Two in one. It's a tablet with a dock station keyboard, as the transformer it's books tend what to be. You would expect a transformer book, but to it's be. incredibly thin. They were they they were bragging about uh, battery life. Uh, they talked about performance. They they kept comparing it to uh, being uh, better than Air, referring to the MacBook Air. Until they went to the performance comparison, in which they switched to the iPad Air. So they they did graphics performance comparisons to the MacBook Air. I think no, no. It was all. They did size comparisons to the MacBook Air and the performance comparisons to the iPad Air. Yeah. yeah, and the reason they did that is because it's using a Core M processor, because which they is would lose. well, yeah. I mean, we we've we, we've we've talked about the, the Yoga Three Pro it uses the Core M. It is a a an architecture based on Broadwell Y that is lower performance than the U parts Haswell or Broadwell, and uh, because of that, it doesn't perform. It doesn't win benchmarks. Compared to things like the the MacBook Air or any Ultrabook, that the higher voltage today. parts, right? Um, which is fine because it is a a, a much yeah. lower voltage part, but it just makes it difficult to do comparisons because it's kind of a new segment for Intel, right? It's it's a way above the performance of an Atom, but it's below the performance of Core i five, what you know we typically have known it as. Um, so they did. I think they did one direct comparison of the Yoga Three Pro, like. 1.3, 1.25x yeah. faster. Their core or M something. implementation. Yeah. Core M is 
programmable with like TDP and clocks, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they they could just have a slightly bigger heatsink and allow it to get higher for run higher clocks for longer periods of times. Very very clean, very sexy looking devices. Uh, and then the other two were based on Atom. Again, very neat devices. Um, anything else on the notebook side? I don't really. Those were those were the those were the big highlights, right? That was the big. Big, the big were, reveal. Those were literally the only two things we talked about. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then I didn't miss anything. No. Um, on the consumer side, they, they did some interesting things, right? So You mean the enthusiast side? The enthusiast side, yes. Sorry. Um, they So they announced some monitors, and a, a pair of them that, that kind of stand out, right? One is the – I'm sorry. I'm scrolling down the website as I do this. Um, and I just realized at, at the beginning of this, I completely forgot to say, pcper.com slash live record these shows live. And I'm Slash. Josh Walrath. Not Maria <laughs> Olafable, San Jose. San Jose. Right, yeah. Uh, racists. Yeah, people People knew. People could guess that you weren't Maria. It's not racist. It's merely an observation. I agree. Uh, That's what racists say. <laughs> uh, damn it, there's a lot of things on these pages. So Yeah, people have been posting a lot of news on the site. People, not us. Well, no, I have. I, I posted one thing. Oh, oh. But okay. it was major. I've done 13 videos. How about okay. you? So the first thing is the PG27AQ. It's a 27-inch 4K monitor. It is an IPS screen, 3840 by 2160. Um, IPS being a fantastic feature, great viewing angles, uh, uh, better color reproduction, and all that type of stuff. It is a G-Sync panel as well. So it's a 27-inch 4K G-Sync panel with IPS, right? And I believe this marks the first IPS G-Sync panel that has been announced, right? Yes. Now, the bad well, news is... Well, technically, ahead. Acer announced one yesterday. That's right. The 144 hertz, yeah, but you know. uh, smaller. Uh, that was 25 by 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, these are the first two, if nothing else. Uh, it has the same ID industrial design as the ROG Swift that's currently selling. So I think that's actually a good thing. I, I really like the way the, the new ones look. It's only 60 hertz, up to 60 hertz, right? So go ahead. You sound like you were going to say something. And you'll never be able to find it in retail. Well, yeah. <laughs> so no idea on pricing, availability. The only thing they stated was second half I of 2015. I bet price current Swift. I, I, it's, it's almost impossible for me to guess that because but in the next six months, I think dramatic things are happening in the display market. If everything goes as planned, if yeah. AMD's FreeSync launches That's happen true. and push things down, then it may be that you know these partners of Nvidia's on G-Sync displays have to be yeah. a little bit more aggressive with their pricing. Yeah. Well, you know, this is something that honestly I've been waiting for, and perhaps everyone has um, for at least the last ten years. You remember back two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five? We we suddenly got the less expensive else. CD monitors that went up to 1920 by 1200. Right. They were still 1200 to 1500 bucks at that time, and but that was that was a huge jump from the CRTs in terms of uh, viewing size, uh, pixel density, just overall quality of of, of image that uh, we were just not used to. And then in the past ten years, we've had really small jumps. I mean, yeah, we, we, we get to see some 144 hertz monitors, um, but the basic technologies have not really advanced LCDs from 
where we were in 2005. I had a 2005 monitor that I used for the past 10 years until I was fired from my job. And then they took it away. Yeah, I wasn't able to take it home. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it as compared to most other new monitors of the time. Sure. But now we're finally getting to the point where we've got G-Sync, we've got FreeSync, we've got IPS panels that uh, just look fantastic, high pixel density. We're now finally seeing above 60 hertz for these IPSs. We have... Uh, LG has you know a, a 75 hertz ultra wide. Uh, we've got IPS and uh, AHVA that are going up to 144 hertz. So this is absolutely fantastic for people who have been waiting for uh, improvements in just how we see our yeah. computing, not just video cards, not just CPUs and frame rate, but how we're finally you know the quality of pixels. That are hitting our eyes just through light. 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 But what about OLED? <laughs> Does somebody have a big OLED screen yet? That's oh, yeah, we affordable? see it every year on the show floor. Oh, on the show floor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did see that. We did see an 8 inch OLED. Can't talk about it yet. We saw an 8 inch yeah. OLED. Um, mm. So that, that was one of the two monitors. And that's kind of interesting. The other one is. Uh, the Asus MG279Q. This is another 27-inch display. It's uh, IPS, again, good. 2560 by 1440 resolution. Uh, so, this all sounds familiar. It's 120 hertz refresh rate. So an IPS, 120 hertz refresh, 25 by 14. That's good stuff. It is. Less Great than the 144 stuff. that Acer announced, but still pretty good. Um, but it does not say, it does, that's not a G-Sync monitor. And it's not officially an AMD FreeSync monitor. Um, but... Uh, when I inquired about that, they said, well, it does support DisplayPort 1.2a+. And DisplayPort 1.2a+, supports, is part of, Adaptive Sync is part of that. It's an optional part of that. Now, there was some Twitter conversation I had with some people online, and uh, I think uh, Robert Halleck from AMD said the the list of monitors that they released earlier today um, was... Uh, all the monitors that were certified for FreeSync, right? Now, that doesn't mean that this monitor won't support FreeSync, um, but it does leave me some interesting questions that I'll ask them tomorrow when we talk to them. It's like, well, what does that mean? Is, is FreeSync a certification process now? Is it is it just Adaptive Sync? How does this work, right? If this monitor says it supports Adaptive Sync, does it not just work with your thing? Um, but we know it won't work with G-Sync, um, right? That's, that's, that's pretty obvious. Um, but uh, the idea would be that if this monitor supports that standard, that was kind of the idea, I thought, behind Richard Huddy and AMD and their promotion of, hey, this is an open standard and there's no licensing fee and all that kind of stuff. So I still believe at the end of the day when this uh, the Asus MG279Q comes out, it will support the AMD variable refresh rate technology. So that's good. Uh, uh, this would be a good time as any, I guess, to scroll down here to talk about the AMD they're, they put out a press release announcing the first shipping FreeSync monitors that include, as I scroll down here, we've got one BenQ, two LG, one Nixius. Sure. Okay. Uh, two Samsung and a ViewSonic. And these range from uh, 1080p, 144 hertz, to 2560 by 1080, 75 hertz, that which, 21 is, which is 21 by 9. By nine. Yeah. yeah, and 75 hertz. That's kind of interesting. That's unique. 
It's unique yeah, to that. Yeah, right? yeah, but it's it's needed. I agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there's a 2560 by 1440, 144 hertz, uh, and then some 4K 60 hertz. So nothing over 60 hertz for 4K yet. Um, and then the inter- other interesting one is the the 2560 by 1080 at 75 hertz. Both of those from LG, both in a 29 inch and a 34 inch form factor. Those are supporting FreeSync. Those are the ones that are announced. I imagine all these will be at AMD's booth when we go there tomorrow. We can only hope. I hope so. And hopefully they'll have like real games playing on it and we can mess around with them and see. Um, but again, if this is an open standard, if this is something that they are talking about, hey, there's no licensing fees, I'm very curious why they would not just say, hey, if that ASUS monitor supports it, yep, then make it part of the FreeSync family. We'll see. Maybe they learn that there's, that there's more to it and they're kind of working on some of that stuff. So, um, Asus, they also announced, let's see, uh, a mechanical keyboard, a new mouse. This is Asus I'm talking about, not AMD. That's not a pleasant sound to make on the podcast, probably. Uh, 7.1 channel, keyboard. gaming headsets. We talked about all the rest of this stuff. Oh, there were a couple things from Lenovo we couldn't talk about last night, right? Yes. What we can talk about now? Yeah. The... Uh-huh. the I think the sub- most surprising thing we've seen at the show is the Levy Z laptop, which is uh, it's a ThinkPad. I guess is it a, is a ThinkPad laptop um, made out the body made out of magnesium, lithium magnesium, or magnesium lithium. Depending it's not on. a ThinkPad. It's a Lenovo. Oh, it's not a ThinkPad. Correct. Okay, so it's just a Lenovo laptop, but it's a thirteen point three inch screen and. Um, it kind of had this holy crap moment where they said, hey, we want to show you this laptop. We're like, okay, great. They took us in this room and took this laptop out of this bag like it was some big deal. They put hoods over you. They yeah, drove they did. you around for they a while. They put hoods over our, over our heads, yeah. moved us six feet to the right inside a different room, and then took the hood off. Uh, and they handed, they handed a laptop to me, and I didn't think it was real. Right? It, well, it weighed 1.7 pounds, which is not – like it's light. But it was it was like a gutted laptop weight. It, it, it was when, like you took all the stuff out of a laptop yeah. shell and you picked up the shell. Right. That's what it feels like. Or like you went to a furniture store and they had those dummy laptops sitting there that are just made out of uh, cardboard. I'm pretty, cardboard sure, laptops. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was a home fill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they hand it to you and they're like, well, okay, that's a cool casing. Like, And they say, oh, we'll open it up, right? And you open it up and it turns it on. It turns on, on and yeah. It's a, and it's a laptop <laughs> with Broadwell U in it and uh-huh. and all that, you know, good hardware, goodness. Um, and it, like I said, 1.75 pounds doesn't sound like super light mm-hmm. uh, because there are 2.7 pound laptops around all the time. But for some reason, the, the, the physical size of it with that weight... Yeah. It was very. It was so not dense um, yeah. that it felt odd to hold it. Even it was actually. like aerogel. Uh, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll go. With I, that. I mean, it just gets to that point where you, you hit like this threshold, right? Where it's like it's so light for its size, it's unreal. That it, it, it feels it, wrong. Yes. It, 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 it felt unreal. It felt like. It always felt like we were going to break it because it was so light, like yeah. it was made of balsa wood or something like that. But yeah. I but I put it on my lap and opened it and started using it and it was fine. Yeah, was no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, fine to use. And yeah. it's a little bit flexible, but you know, it's it's uh, uh, the screen is um, bonded to the it, shell. Yeah, bonded to the shell, right? So yeah. you don't have to worry about cracking or breaking of, of that necessarily yeah. more than anything else. Um, it does flex. 
It like does. if you try to close the screen or open the screen just by one corner, it will flex, but it's designed to flex is the thing, right? It's, it's designed, designed to flex but not break. Yeah, flex but not break, right? So yeah. it's not if you can't make something you can't make something that light that's rigid. How right? much how much was this going to be? I think it was like 14 No, it was like it was like 13 for the non-yoga-ish version and 15 for the yoga, I think. The the yeah the the two and one because they make it in like a two and one like yeah. a yoga style with the hinge that flips around the other way right um, yeah yeah so I mean it, and it wasn't that much heavier either like the the one with the, it was, was one point seven five versus two point oh five yeah I think were the were the weight differences there and that one had a touch screen right the second one the touch the second had one had a touch screen, screen. yeah um, we do have a, if you go to the website and you go it's actually on the second page right now or maybe it's on the first page the bottom of the first page we have a video of it but it's one of those things that's it's really hard to like. I don't know. Wait until it get get it in the Best Buy. Yeah, like you got to go pick it up. it up because I can sit there and I can tell you when they had a scale, we could put it on a scale and it shows one point seven five. So it doesn't really mean anything. Um, I will say that the one kind of downside to it, it is that this is pointed out by somebody else is that it it the texture and feel of the device is not quote premium feeling like it feels like plastic like it feels. Doesn't feel like luxury. It's it's very yeah. thin. It's a very very thin alloy, right? So yeah. it has like a. Well, didn't we see the yeah. the gigabyte that they're they're kind of high end gaming luxury laptop? When when you picked that up and felt it, it was a much different experience. Gigabyte? Yeah, when the one you saw today. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what we're talking. I don't about. remember picking oh, okay. that up. Yeah, you went over and looked at it. I don't think we I did, did a video. Yeah, yeah. No. but it was different from say like the MSI. Oh, you're talking about the Acer today no. at Digital Experience? Nope. I don't know what we're talking about. Anyway, anymore. well, don't worry about it. It's been a long day. Yeah, uh, but, but but I mean you're right. Like it when when you there's sometimes when you pick like when you pick up a MacBook Air, it feels like a high end device. And when you pick up something that's kind of made of very thin plastic, it feels different. Now yeah, this feels like a toy when you pick it up. It really yeah, does. yeah, yeah. It does, but that's I think that's kind of what will be nece- necessary to have it meet those weight requirements. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way around it. That this will be av- when did they say it'd be available? Um, April, March, April. Yeah, yeah in the of the year. something like that. So hopefully we'll get one of those in and play around with it. But uh, a, a really, 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 really cool device. Um, from uh, from Lenovo there. Uh, what else did we do today? Gigabyte. Gigabyte. They announced two things. Uh, Josh, talk, you want to talk about the motherboard day? The X99 SOC champion? We yes. SOC. What did they do different on this? Any idea? Um, Boy, they did a lot of things differently with it. Uh, first of all, they, they went from uh, eight dim slots to four. Which does some nice things in there. Uh, there's there's shorter uh, uh, length in the leads, traces well not traces, and less electrical interference. Uh, the signal quality will be improved because you don't have eight dim. You know the, this thing trying to drive eight dims. It's only driving four. They're closer to the socket, so the traces are 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 shorter. Right. Um, a lot of the different uh, design features, uh, all done to make sure. Well, kind of the interesting thing, going from two hundred and uh, two thousand and eleven 
pins right to 2083 is that correct so, yeah yeah so they actually the the socket on the motherboard is different than a standard lga yeah and socket. we didn't get a whole lot of uh light shown upon how this actually works i mean right. does the actual processor processor itself have 2083 pads or are they double pinning certain pads we don't know. My, my guess is that there are more uh, vacant pads on a processor, on a processor that are just not we know about, often really, yeah. used. So uh, this is an option for the uh, enthusiast-type motherboards to have a little bit extra power. And uh, I mean, ground. that's really for, like, LN2 overclocking. Yeah. Right? Standard yeah. overclocking. I mean, definitely, like, no, normal users don't need that. Standard overclocking, you probably don't need that. If you're doing that super extreme crazy crap, then it's going to give you take you a everything couple you can of percent. Get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And where was the CMOS battery on that? Ah, crap. I don't know. But to clear it up, like most of the manufacturers do extra pins, right? On the twenty on the twenty eleven, but Gigabyte is doing more. Right, more extra, more betterer. I guess you know, and they 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 do they did SMT mount on the dim slots and other kind of. Just looks super cool. Yeah, I mean it, it does look smooth. I mean, which means like if you look in the back of a motherboard today, and you've got like all those kind of like sharp points where the solder. Yeah, it's it's, it's not the solder. I mean, the, it's well, the, the pins, pins go through, go all the way through. It's kind of amazing. And you've got the solder that points many on it. through whole components on modern modern motherboard still. Yeah, so they got rid of that, and they say that helps uh, improve signal integrity on uh, on that type of stuff too. So that I mean that's neat. Again, that's it's it'll probably be a three hundred dollar to four hundred dollar plus motherboard. Oh, be at least super high yeah. enthusiasts um, there. And then they also announced the bricks uh, Broadwell units, those the small form factor bricks and bricks S. The S being the one that can hold a two and a half inch storage. hard drive. Yeah, stands for storage, not hard drive as I tried to say in the video. Um, uh, and these are cool, right? Literally and figuratively they uh, run Broadwell, so they're more power efficient. They have better performance, better graphics performance. Uh, I don't know anything about pricing. I assume they'll be relatively close to where uh, the Haswell probably, parts yeah, were probably the same. Uh, when they launched. So that's that was that was pretty tiny neat bit smaller on each of the new SKUs and old designs. And the Core i7 version has NFC, NFC, which is interesting. I'm not, yeah, I, you know the the use cases are like I like the idea of. You walk in, you set your phone on top of the bricks on your desk, and that like that's your login. Yeah, but with Maybe? how big phones are, they'd be bigger than the bricks. Yeah, but you're just sitting on top of it, right? you know. Whatever, it's fine. No big, no biggie. Um, it was Gigabyte, Alan. You saw Samsung today? Uh, yeah. I mean, they had a press conference, but as far as storage goes, um, we had seen everything we needed to at uh, Storage Vision. It's just under NDA. Okay, well, what did we see today that we can now talk about? Uh, they launched what they call the SSD T1. Okay. Uh, it's basically an 850 Evo in an external enclosure connected over USB 3. It's about as simple an explanation <laughs> as you can go, right? Okay. It's just, you know, yeah. externally connected, right? Um, but uh, I, I don't know what they're using to bridge over to USB 3. I don't know if it's did, kind did, of native did, thing. or. Did you ask them why they didn't go 3.1? Uh, no one has three one chips. Yeah, itself. it's not really, really. Yeah, not only that, but they're getting they're claiming four hundred and fifty meg per second, uh, which is already pretty close to what the drive caps out at anyway. 
Um, but is that because of the interface, or I guess it's, it's yeah, it's five interface. gigabit. Mm. It's doing the five gigabit um, yeah. USB three point not three point one. Um, so four fifty is really nothing to sneeze at from an external device. It's faster than anything we've seen from like connected, you know, anything we've tested. Like even that uh, in a tech, like that dock with an eight fifty Evo plugged into it, you still only get like you know three hundred ish or something like that. So this is getting four fifty, right? Right. So it's you know pretty speedy and it's it's much more compact. Than any two and a half inch SSD that's, you know, made into some kind of dock thing or put into some kind of an enclosure. Um, you know, it's pretty thin. It's it's basically like you know if, if you read the A fifty Evo review, you notice the PCBs are like tiny for those drives. Um, so they were able to take advantage of that and you know stick it in a much smaller enclosure just with a really small few inch long USB three like flat hmm. ribbon ish kind of cable. Cable looks pretty compact too, like really easy to throw in your bag kind of thing. You know, I mean, just for people that want really fast, some kind of portable thing, right? And it, the other big deal is that it's, uh, I haven't been able to see this in person, like, running on a system, but it's supposed to have a very elegant, like, small app you fire up uh, if you have turned on encryption. So it does hardware AES-256 and does it in a manner where, like, the passphrase or whatever the login is is just, like, a thing that you launch. Like, when you pl- first plug it in, I guess the only thing you see is that you run it type in your password that communicates with the drive and does the unlock procedure or whatnot so you can get to the data, right? A so user has a, a pretty good question. Is TLC even appropriate for long-term external storage? Uh, it is, I would say, in the case where you're not doing like full drive writes per day and really cycling the flash a lot, right? Um, part of the discussion at uh, at Storage Visions I had with... with um, some people were there are companies considering making archival class flash stuff and basically just getting all of the crap flash like the lowest bin flash from companies that they wouldn't put into a product to write a bunch to yeah. because for archival if you only write to it a few times it's actually you know 10 year shelf life is not even an issue for something like that right um, the, the JDEX specs for like longevity of flash memory is supposed to be rated like at end of life after you've done all of the cycles it's rated for then it's supposed to have like a 10 year shelf life right so it really does go far out right so for something like this if, if, it's, if it's that 3D first of all 3D VNAND which is what's in this has a lot more volume per cell than any of the planar stuff so leakage is not as much of an issue over time Right, and not only that, but you know, it's an external device. You're probably not writing to it an insane amount anyway. So yeah, I would I would trust something like this to put your stuff on and then leave it on a shelf for ten years. Chances are the interface might have been phased out by the time you, sure. you, you know, by the time the the data actually has decayed to the point where you have a hard time reading it. So yeah, how, it, how much safe. was that again? Uh, it was a one twenty, or sorry. 180, I think, was the launch price for the uh, 240, and then it was 350 for a half a terabyte, and then 550 for a terabyte. So it's a little bit more than the 850 Evo, right? Because you're paying for, you know, it's in a nice housing and stuff, that kind of thing. Me personally, like if I if I was buying something like this, I would personally lean towards the flexibility of just having an enclosure and being able to stick an SSD in it. Mm-hmm. Like I would just buy like an 850 Evo probably. Right. But if I wanted a much more compact thing that I was carrying around all the time that was dedicated to be external, right. then this just naturally the way to go, right? It's just much smaller. 
right. Yep. Uh, I do want to point out one thing I forgot about at Gigabyte uh, that we had a video of on the website. That is the GTX 980 Water Force three-way SLI concoction. That behemoth that comes in a suitcase. It ships in a suitcase. It's like a good-looking suitcase, too. And it's like, not a know. carry-on size suitcase. It's a larger no. carry-on size yeah. suitcase. So this is the uh, – uh, the, it's a set of three GTX 980s. That are water cooled and self contained water cooling kits, but the the 120 millimeter radiator for HGPU and fan are in an external housing, external unit that sits on top of your case. I guess technically you can sit it anywhere, but it's meant to sit on top of your case. So you probably can't sit it anywhere because of the way the tubes run. Well, you could run them off to the side if you wanted to, I could guess. Could you? Well, sure. They're just flexible tubing. But they're connected to the thing, so it has to be above. It can't be right. What if they can be below or to the side? Then you'd have it upside down. I'm just saying you could set it off to the side and just have it hang there if you wanted. It That's wouldn't it. look pretty, but hey, look at me. So it's they're overclocked. They're like 1,228 megahertz base clock uh, parts. Um, it's you know the the housing unit has an LCD on the front for monitoring temperatures and fan speeds and pump speeds. Uh, it has a billy club for uh, holding the three GPUs in place inside a case. The far corners of them, right? The unsupported corners, basically. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is twenty nine ninety nine. It's three thousand dollars. That's it for this. That's a Titan Z. No, no. If, if Johnny C was now. in charge, he'd see twenty nine ninety nine ninety nine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But he's not. It's the wrong company. This wrong is company. correct. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I mean, three thousand dollars—that's that's a significant markup over uh, if you were to buy three nine eighties individually and air cool them. Um, but you also get a sweet suitcase and <laughs> and uh, the bragging rights of having this thing sit on top of your case. It's not small. Like it's gonna unit. be real stupid to look back on in ten years. That's, that'll be fun. It probably will. If, yeah. if, if I had only invested that money in an IRA account. <laughs> You know, we could say that about most of the computer crap we buy. I guess when it really so how, comes down so how to how much it. is? Oh wait, so let's do let's do quick math, right? It's not going to turn out well. There's I mean, no such thing as quick math. Let's say six. Let's say six hundred dollars yeah. times like, three is eighteen hundred. That's eighteen hundred, and then the good water box are like one fifty. So times uh, three. Okay. Like a nine eighty water box is like one fifty. So you're so, spending another thousand dollars on radiators. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's still steep. I mean, yeah, by, definitely. By is. 360. But it is a completely finished solution, and you just basically just yep stick it on. It top is. Of the I, case I think it's cool looking. And I just, I think, I think very little, very yeah. few people will uh, be able to justify the purchase. And, and they're not dumb. They know that. They know they're not. They're not. Throw, they're not selling seventy five hundred of these a month. Nope. I don't think they're going to sell seventy five of them. Uh, I don't like to know how many they made. That would actually be an interesting discussion. Three. But they're um, not going to. They're not going to tell you. No, hell no. They're not going to tell me. Um, what else did we see? Uh, Alan, you saw Silicon Motion? I uh, went and talked to Silicon Motion. We haven't done a post on it yet. Okay. You want to uh, save it for tomorrow? I mean, but there's matter. basically... Um, let's see. Actually, I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about it. Okay. Well, then don't yet. Yeah. And we'll wait. But there, it's cool stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, t- tomorrow will certainly be a much more interesting podcast. Yeah, there's other. We have there is other embargo that... stuff. Like there's a few other companies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, 
there's a few other companies of, of stuff that like their press releases aren't coming out until like I think it's they're sitting in my email right now. Like they first just day of the show. Out. Yeah, yeah. That's these, fair enough. These guys are saving. They're kind of spreading it out more than they have in prior years. From, yeah, at least on the storage front. Uh, today and this morning, Intel did officially launch Broadwell U. We should point out the 15 watt and 28 watt variants of that processor. Um, this is like. The Core i5, Core i7, Core i3 processors that you'll see in standard notebooks, um, you know, two and ones or whatever. Not the Core M. Well, not standard notebooks. Ultrabooks. Well, okay, sure. They're not the standard voltage Broadwell parts. Right. Uh, standard is very odd statement. Like, this is going to be the majority of where their inventory is going is in Broadwell yeah, U. But, like, but it, up to 28 watts. So, I mean, that's... That's up there for for a laptop, I think. Um, you can you can look through the post. I'm not going to run through the clock speeds. Uh, Scott did a good job of kind of compiling all that on there. Um, all dual core right now. No quad core options. Dual core hyper threaded. Uh, no desktop announcements. Uh, looks like we're going to skip Broadwell for the most part for desktop. Maybe Didn't have one or two options. Broadwell Extreme, but much. Later That'll be on. next year. Yeah, I, or at the very end of this it's year. Maybe. It's going to be fall to winter. Yeah. We'll have we'll have we know we'll 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 get one skew of Broadwell for the consumer LGA, but really Skylake is what's important the the next the next architecture for that. So um, if you're holding off upgrading or something like that, Broadwell is not going to be the big selling point for you for for processor performance in 2015 at the very least. Um, Sandisk had the affordable SSD. Anything interesting about that? You want to talk about the low price that we got there? Uh yeah, I mean the pricing was kind of low, right? For oh, okay. MSRPs, right? Like it was definitely about, down there. We're talking right? about forty six cents per gig, hundred and ten dollars for a two hundred and forty gig SSD, brand yep. new. The one twenty, the one twenty is a little bit high. I think it runs above fifty cents a gig. Fifty eight. Yeah, but it's still pretty cheap for a hundred and twenty gig SSD as well, right? Um, Seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely down there. And realize these are the launch MSRPs. For these drives, which this is probably the lowest. So you expect it to game. go down. You'd think it would go down, especially you know you're going to see sales or whatnot. So it's definitely uh, you know as long as it's a decent performing SSD, which I mean we don't know all the facts until we've done a review, which we should shortly after CES, hopefully. Uh, you know, but as long as it's halfway decent, like that would be to be a very recommendable drive, right? Like right. It's you know very low cost per gig. You just want an SSD, you know, a decent one. Then yeah. You grow, you know, like we always say on the podcast, right? It's a uh, just go, if, if you just if your threshold is just a decent SSD, go for the lowest cost per gig of one that doesn't have like really bad reviews, right? Yeah, and, and well, yeah, well, we don't have reviews of this yet, but that could be a qualification for it then. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, we went to digital experience. Is that the next thing? Yeah, but we can't talk about anything talk we about saw there. Cherry. We can't talk about Cherry Trail. Experience. Uh, I mean, we we, you can mention it. Great. You can mention Cherry Trail. We don't know much about it. It's the update no. to the Atom line, upgrade to Bay, Bay Trail. Trail. It'll be available when? Uh, you know, they're starting to ship it, and we'll see products in uh, early Q2. And Intel promised, promised, promised okay. that we would know more information about it. So it's kind of like uh, Affordable Care Act. You know, oh, we'll God. read it after we pass it. We're not doing this. We're not. We're no, not going no, political. No, fine. No, not doing uh, that. Too tired. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we we know that it has improved graphics. Uh, it's a fourteen nanometer part. Yeah. It's um, 
I, I, I'm assuming that uh, the CPU cores have been improved as well. And, yeah, I um, honestly don't like. Even I'm trying to think like, what am I? What do I know that I'm not supposed to say? And I don't think I know anything about it. Yeah, they haven't talked about it extensively at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be in tablets. Uh, we may dramatic, see then. some stuff the lower end in 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 some phones. Okay. We did see uh, some interesting phones from ASUS that utilized. That's true. The uh, Atom with their uh, Zen yep, phone yep, yep. too. So, uh, you know, things are looking a little bit better for Intel yeah. and low power. But we'll see if, uh, you know, it's just like NVIDIA. Hey, we've got this part. It looks incredible in, in certain instances, but right. we can't sell them. Hmm. Um, before we kind of... Uh, Alan, you just posted up a little thing here on an IOSafe 1515+. Yes. Which is a fireproof, waterproof NAS raid. Yeah, we've reviewed a couple of them. We have. So yeah. what's what's new about this one that they're that they're uh, kind of talking about for the first time at CES? Uh, well, it's a uh, Synology fifteen fifteen plus inside of a fireproof box, which just makes it magically an I/O safe fifteen fifteen <laughs> plus, right? All right. Um, but it's five bays, five bays, five five three and a half inch hard drive bays, yep. quad gigabit Ethernet connectivity. So this four is four gigabit Ethernet ports on the back. Okay. Yes. Uh, so as long as you have something else that can handle multi-link Samba stuff like Windows Server that kind of thing um, on your network right. or an ESX server for VMware or something like that. So basically it's small business, medium business kind of thing. Uh, you want to have data that's active, maybe so active that you can't back it up instantaneously, that sort of thing. But you also want it as disaster proof as you can make it. Right. So you put it in a fireproof box, right? That's also waterproof, sure. right? Um, so in the case of like fire or a flood or something like that, the, the logic for the thing will probably fry, right? But the hard drives themselves are inside of a cage that right. is waterproof, and then that cage is inside of a fire, um, you know, one of those materials that burns off in fire and sacrifices itself. Volative? Uh, yes, volative. Um, nice. That's a good SAT word. Good. That's, a, that's a good word. <laughs> Thanks. It's all those <laughs> X-15 documentaries I've um, watched over my lifetime. Yeah, so as long as you have hardware that is sufficient to get the full speed, you can actually get like 450 meg per second throughput out of this guy. Um, and then if you uh, uh, if you enable uh, hardware encryption, which it has on board, uh, I think there's an Atom in there, but it has some kind of hard hardware. Yeah, it's a C2000 from the press release I was reading over your shoulder. Yeah. So uh, it'll do hardware crypto uh, at like AS56 and... That will limit your write speeds to around 200 meg per second max, uh, but you still end up getting like 450 on the reads, even if it's uh, you know encrypted uh, data. But it's good to have crypto there as well, because then the entire thing is encrypted. So you know if somebody steals a thing and powers it down at all, then somebody has to you know re-enter the key, obviously, to get all the information back active again. It'd be kind of hard to get it out of your building without unplugging it. So um, you know that kind of thing. Right. And there's other there's other connectivity like Synology NASes generally are pretty good about having other connectivity as well. So there's like four USB 3.0 ports out yeah, the back. Yeah, I saw that. There's a couple of eSATA ports out the back, so you can hang up additional storage off of this thing, and have it go through all the you know NAS front end and appear just as additional devices you can access and and that kind of thing. And there's plus even, it's got a Kensington lock port. Uh, ooh, Kensington lock. <laughs> can um, I ask you? So you've got. Uh, Data redundancy being one of the reasons you have four LAN ports, 
for, for, uh, for redundancy, like resiliency, oh. like you can have you can have one of the links go down. Right. Like okay. you don't necessarily have to have quad gigabit just to get the full throughput. You can. You only, have multiple clients accessing it. You could you could also getting do multiple that. throughput out, um, or you could just rely on what's considered failover, which is like originally when you had multiple uh, uh, NICs in server hardware, it wasn't necessarily to get the full throughput from all of them at the same time. It was the second one might just sit there on standby until the primary one f- link fails for any reason, and then the standby one picks up. Yeah, that makes right? sense. So it supports all that sort of stuff depending on how you want to hook it up. Um, you know, not the kind of thing you just have sitting at your house generally but for for a business you know it definitely has a purpose and they have some uh method which i haven't fully researched yet but like there's a they employ a method for this analogy nas is where you can link uh you can kind of daisy chain them together um i think four or five of them so they claim you can fit up to 90 terabytes total in like one volume basically like they would all appear as a single volume like multiple units Mm. chained together uh, so 90 terabytes is nothing to sneeze at, for, especially considering they would all be in fireproof enclosures. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's cool. That's How much is this again? How much do I got to pay for Actually, this? Actually, I don't even think that's in the press release. Oh, okay. What was it? Maybe. If you have to ask. <laughs> you have to ask. I mean, it's you, you, you pay a premium for the fireproof portion oh, of it. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. And 1515 Plus is not a cheap... You know, it's like, their high, it's like Synology's highest end, one of their highest end NASAs, right? So Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking business pricing when you get to that point. Um, but they do throw in like, I think it's a year or three years or five years or something of like a drive savers data recovery in case it's needed. Mm-hmm. Generally, it wouldn't be because you know the drives themselves should be just fine on the inside of the thing. Sure. They've done in prior they they don't do it anymore, but in prior CESs they would always do crazy stuff like, you know, light the thing on fire and dump it in water and like pick it up with the freaking backhoe or whatever and drop it from 20 feet in the air and all this other stuff and then like sounds like we should do that you know and then they took the drive out of it you know took the drive out of it after all that was said and done and like you know they could read the data right so all right yeah that's cool uh you know what you could use with that four gigabit port nas Uh uh-oh Gigabit power line networking adapters. Oh, did you see those somewhere? Uh, well, Scott posted this story up. That I thought was interesting. They actually have um, the D-Link released a DHP 701 AV that can go up to 10 meg- 2,000 megabits per second, which is odd because there's a single gigabit Ethernet port on the, the device. Um, but uh, they've, they announced that one that's probably rated at 2 gigabits. They're, so you'll like this, Alan. They're using all three prongs of the plug now for data transfer. They're calling it MIMO. Yeah, Powerline <laughs> MIMO. Um, but they have they announced some gigabit ones and then some two gigabit ones. I don't really understand how you have a two gigabit connection when you have one Ethernet port on either Maybe side. Maybe it breaks out to two gigabit. Maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. Um, I like to try these again. Maybe it got better. Probably it didn't. It probably, didn't. but maybe it got better. Well, your issue with them was that the transformers kept blowing up in them. Yeah, yeah, they just they kept, kept dying. dying. I kept having to buy replacement they, units. You would imagine they'd figured that out, that part out. Maybe, maybe that's true. Um, we did see a couple cool things at Digital Experience. I don't think um, nothing we can talk about yet. We'll talk about tomorrow. A couple. And things they're from all Dell. pet related. They're all what? Pet related. <laughs> oh yeah, some <laughs> things are pet related. I did find some new accessories for my dogs. Um, <laughs> But uh, we we saw a couple of cool, really de- really cool devices from Dell. They're not 
the the videos and the the stuff we talked about is under NDA, but like if you didn't sign NDA, you could still see them. These these devices have been announced, like they've been discussed. The, the Dell XPS thirteen and the Dell uh, Venue seven eight, seven thousand yeah, right tablet. So we'll have information on those tomorrow and our impressions of them, which are positive. Um, based on using them, just kind of playing around with them. Um, it's because Dell has a press conference tomorrow that kind of covers all that. Um, but very, very cool stuff there. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I can give We can give you guys a short preview over tomorrow. Let me mention here, because I know uh, watching the stats come in, that a lot of people have been joining in late. Um, and that's our fault, because we're not scheduling these things correctly. We never know when we're going to record the podcast while we're at CES. Point out, again, if you go to pcper.com slash subscribe, right now you get your uh, form with your name and email address. We send out an email you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes before we actually start doing the podcast live. If you missed any of this podcast, you can go to youtube.com slash pcper. We will have this video on there um, relatively soon tonight. Um, depending on how well the internet upload works. And then we'll have the audio version at pcper.com slash podcast as well. So, um, uh, and also, if you can just go to pcper.com, you can see all of our news stories that the team here and the teams at home are, are doing a, an excellent job uh, with. In terms of our schedule for tomorrow, we have a crap ton of stuff. Um, and I'm going to mention all these companies we're going to see and expect at least 20 to 30% of those meetings to fall through due to timing and scheduling. Um, but we'll have some kind of representation of these. Asus, Patriot, Corsair. Uh, hold on, these are small enough I can see. SanDisk, Zotac, NZXT, Crucial, uh, uh, Cooler Master, Sapphire, Intel, ADATA, Diamond, OCZ, AMD, Philips. That's it? That's one day. That's it? So that's it. That's it. That's all the stuff we got to do, and then we'll be resting tomorrow. So, so we have nine guys covering all this, right? Uh, yep. The other five are sitting behind the camera, waiting patiently for their chance to do the podcast. Oh, I see. Uh, so that's going to be pretty crappy. Um, so we're going to get off here. I know it was a shorter episode, but that's fine. We got to edit a couple videos, make a couple posts, and then go to bed and start all the routine up tomorrow. So we really appreciate you guys. We're getting a lot of good traffic on the site. Um, like I said, pcper.com or pcper.com slash CES if you want to get just the CES post, but really most of the stuff on the site is CES. We have some reviews queued up that we're kind of been holding off because it'll just get lost in the shuffle in the stream of, of stuff going on at CES. But uh, thank you for everybody who's joined us on the live streams for hanging out in the chat room. Again, sorry for the short notice on the podcast, but we will attempt to... I, we're not going to be able to give you more notice on the podcast. Right? No, but tomorrow certainly will be more interesting. We'll have not that it wasn't uninteresting tonight, right. that it but tomorrow uninteresting. You be quiet. Double negative, sort of. Yeah, take a nap. Nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that's and the what, day has come full circle. And then and now it's time to end our show. Thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, PCPer.com. Find all that cool stuff there. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Good night. See you.